And then we have socialist distancing. Stay away <laughs> from socialists at least 100 meters. And it's got a picture of a little virus as the O in socialist. Hey, I'm Nick. I'm Leonard. And we're here to take you through a weekly deep dive into the Rebel, Rebel News, News Network. Network. The Rebel News Network is an alt-right media source here in Canada that is bringing misinformation and spreading bad ideas throughout the land. Our job is to look at what they're saying, decipher it, and try to make sense of it. Okay, here we are, episode 17. Leonard. Hey, Nick. What's going on? How you on? doing, man? You know, it's been a good week. I'm doing great. I got my first dose of the COVID vaccine on Friday, and I had a sore arm yesterday, but today I'm great. Awesome. And yeah, I can't complain. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, it's it's been a good week. It's been a long week. Um, I got Hot Girl Summer started for me, so I've been doing a lot of exercising and stuff. <laughs> Uh, is that what you call it hot girl summer well it's the thing right it's the gen z thing happening right now oh it's a hot girl summer and uh i i started calling it hot guy summer for me but um you know i was corrected uh my partner corrected me and said you know it's just hot girl summer for everyone so <laughs> i was like all right cool i guess it's hot girl summer hey. and um yeah, so it's come out. Uh, I've been starting with a bang. I've done a few hikes and getting nice. my workouts in and just enjoying the weather here on Vancouver Island. It's just been paradise this last I'll week. Bet. It's been so nice. So, That's awesome. Yeah, and then uh, COVID jab, I got mine coming up on Thursday. So Ooh. this week, yeah, I was hit with a little bit of a dilemma. I was offered an early, um, so my partner works in healthcare. And the place that she works had some extra doses of AstraZeneca that they could offer to friends and family. And so she called me and was like, Hey, basically if you want to do this, you need to do it right now and know, um, and, and and know right away. And so I had to kind of mull it over because my concern was, would I be able to get a second dose? Cause I'm not really sure how that's working right now. And within a couple of hours of this discussion, Ontario, Alberta, I think BC, they all started saying they were pulling out of using AstraZeneca because they didn't know if they could procure enough doses to administer to people down the road. So I thankfully made the right decision and said, I'm going to hold off because I'm getting my shot next week. And I just didn't want the confusion, right? I didn't want to get stuck, like partially vaccinated and not really know when dose two is coming. Right. So, yeah, especially in this case, you know, you, you want to make sure that everything is set in stone, that you're getting what you're getting and that, you know, as easy as possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, also what well, the, the, the only dilemma I really had though, is I was like, okay, so I'm turning this down and I have one week until my appointment. So if I get COVID, in that week after having <laughs> avoided it for this long, this is like worst case scenario. Oh, so thankfully I'm over yeah. halfway there and I haven't, I haven't contracted it yet. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. I got to be just diligent for the next five days or so. And Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, cause I'm, I, I kind of had the same mindset a little bit, like the week out before the, the vaccine appointment. 
And, you know, just moving to a new city, you have a bunch of running around to do. Like I had to set up my apartment. I had to get a few things for the apartment and stuff like that. So I was a little bit more active in Calgary than I was in, in Vancouver, you know, going out and stuff like that. And I was just thinking like, this is just setting me up for failure because the numbers in Alberta are so outrageous. Like when I moved here, they had just gotten like a 2,300 case day. And even now it's still like in the, in the high, you know, 1,000s. And it's like, what are, what are the odds that I've gone through an entire year in Vancouver? Not a thing. And then I moved to Calgary. And while I'm setting up my apartment, I get friggin' sick and I have to postpone my vaccine and all this kind of stuff. But thankfully, everything worked out. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad. <laughs> You're like, holy shit. You are in the belly of the beast there. So. <laughs> oh, and then yesterday I sent you that text message with the group. Oh, they're back. They took last weekend off, but the anti-maskers are back. And oh, they're rallying at a park right by your place or something. And yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it's right across the way from a hospital as well. It's right across the way from a health unit and like so much disrespect on so many different levels. But, yep. Yeah, we could talk about that for <laughs> hours and hours. We could make the Leo and Nick rant about. Dude. Uh, I saw I on Twitter, they were handing out uh, freedom bullets. <laughs> oh, I just saw that. Yeah. Freedom. Like, what bullets. the hell? Freedom bullets. That is completely like, what, fucked. What is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's get back on topic. We're, so, we're starting to yeah. lose our, we're starting to lose our <laughs> already. Way like already. Yeah, we're, yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you choosing to today? Well, so I'm drinking a Starbucks nitro cold brew. Um, one of my favorite summertime drinks. That shit is strong and delicious. Um, and I'm giving a shout out to some delicious dried mango that I got from Costco. All right. <laughs> it is the price is on point. We've been, we've been looking for dried mango for a while. It's super expensive. This stuff is no exception. It's expensive, but the price yeah. is much better than other places. And it is just straight up dried mango and it is Hell delicious. Yeah. Absolutely. It is so good. I love yeah. mango. Um, I hate fighting with mangoes to get the fruit off. And uh, <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta peel it. You gotta core it. It's the whole you don't have thing. To peel it, but that's okay. You don't have to. Well, I, I mean, won't. you can. So the the way that I was taught. So the way that I was taught is you, you know, you feel kind of on the spine of the mango where the pit is. So the pit is kind of flat. And takes yeah. up almost the entire you know area, and you just kind of cut off the top part, flip it over, cut off the second part, and then from there you can just you know one of the tricks that's on the internet is you can put the mango half on a side of uh, uh, the side of a drinking glass, and then you can kind of peel it off that way, and then you get a perfect mango half, um, or you can kind of do it the avocado way, and while it's sliced with a peel on, you can just kind of slice it down really lightly. Um, and then just kind of turn it inside out and peel off the sections that way. There you a little go. bit easier, a little bit less mess. And I've you been get, doing it like, wrong. You don't have mangled. And then you have the pit that you can just kind of like scrape off with your teeth or put it. I, you know, when I was living in Vietnam, I would kind of put them in the fridge and have them as little snacks that I could kind of chew on while I was watching TV or, or reading a book or something like that. And that was really nice. Put them in the uh, freezer. That'd be even better. I'm blown away. I had no idea you were Mango Leonard. And you're Mango Leonard. 
dude, I lived in Southeast Asia for two years and I traveled through Southeast Asia for the last probably good part of the last five years. And that is mango mecca. That's where, where mangoes, a lot of our mangoes come from. The, the, the Asian mangoes are like the yellow ones. And oh. they're the sweet, in my opinion, they're the sweetest ones. And you have that with some warm, sticky rice and a beautiful kind of like milk and powdered sugar drizzle. And you can get mango sticky rice. Holy shit. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Mango yeah. Leonard. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Well, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Mango Nick, but the dried mango Costco <laughs> allows me to be kind of more of a mango. Yeah, Nick, dude. So. That's the other thing too. The dry mango there is just, yeah, plentiful. And it's just like you said, dry mango. It's just like little pieces of dehydrated mango that are yeah. beautiful little candies that you just pop in your mouth. Oh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what are you, who are you cheers into? I am going to cheers to the, you know, Alberta Health Services. I went into my vaccine. I was a little bit nervous, but everybody there was just so friendly, so welcoming. It was just a very well-oiled machine. And as many, as much as people shit on the vaccine rollout and this and that, you know, the, the pros of, of the healthcare workers that we have in Canada is unbelievable. So, you know, cheers to them. That was, that was a highlight of my week was going into that and just being able to chat with some of the people and the, the nurse that gave me my shot. She was very pleasant. We had some small talk and stuff like that. It was, it was a good experience. Excellent. And I wanted to, to keep that as a highlight. Okay, Leonard. Well, what's going on in the rebel sphere this week? So this week, I want to talk about Bill C-10. If you don't know what CB10 is, uh, this is the new legislation in Canada that will replace the Broadcasting Act. Okay, well, what is the Broadcasting Act? Well, it's what makes the rules around Canadian content and broadcasting standards. And it tells you who can broadcast in Canada. It's kind of basically the umbrella policy about broadcasting and creating media in, in Canada. And what C10 does, it updates the bill. So it, it puts digital streaming services into the realm and they have to follow the same rules as terrestrial TV and radio broadcasters because according to the liberal government anyway, internet, uh, internet uh, streaming services like Netflix have become kind of broadcasters in their own right. But built into that legislation was an exemption protecting individual content creators. So that's YouTube channels, Twitch, Steam. They weren't part of that bill. Only big corporations like Netflix, Disney, and Apple, who have gigantic subscriber bases, would have to comply and make Canadian content more discoverable. So meaning like maybe Netflix would have a special section for Canadian-made TV and films, which I think they already do which then would promote, they would promote that to Canadian subscribers. So that's kind of the rule. They want Canadian content on streaming services to become more discoverable. They want Canadian content to kind of rise to the top in Canada anyway. The controversy now around it is that that content creator provision was removed. Not sure why, there's really no explanation why it was removed. Um, and that's become the ire of debate on both sides of the political spectrum. But it really has become an alt-right moral panic. 
So let me play Ezra's take here on C10 and how he thinks that it's the workaround for Justin Trudeau to censor them specifically. Trudeau keeps banning us or trying to. That's how he feels about journalists. He banned us from the leaders' debates in the 2019 election. We had to go to federal court to get an order letting us uh, go in and report on him. Trudeau literally ordered the RCMP to frog march our reporter out of a press conference last year. Trudeau hates us, and he even taunts us from Parliament. It is disappointing to see the Conservatives engage in peddling rebel media conspiracy theories. So he can taunt us, but he has deputized a convicted criminal named Stephen Gilbo, who's down the Heritage Minister, he's a convicted criminal. And he's asked Gilbo to make it illegal for us to taunt politicians back. We've seen too many examples of public officials retreating from public service due to the hateful online content targeted towards themselves or even their families. Oh, and Gilbo is actually creating a government agency that will literally have the power to turn off your internet. He calls it a nuclear option. Could we envision having blocking orders? I mean, that's that, maybe. Um, it's not, you know, it's a, it, it would be, it would likely be a, a last result, last result, uh, nuclear bomb in, in a, in a toolbox of, uh, of mechanism for, for regulation. Now I've been howling about these new plans for months, for years, you could say, maybe even for decades. In Ezra fashion and in rebel news fashion or any other <laughs> alt-right media fashion, they make it about themselves. And Ezra makes this about himself. And it turns C10 into a Trudeau versus rebel news problem. Um, and and just taunting. before we kind of move on. Yeah, he's, yeah. It's, and it's just the taunting, like Justin Trudeau mentioned rebel news once. And it was a number of yeah. years ago. And how is that fucking taunting? It's true. Well, and just the misinformation alone in this little clip can, can, can again go maybe into our, you know, love of truth museum clips of outstanding clips of outstanding misinformation because we, we could make a whole episode on that one clip of bullshit if we if we really wanted to. Because like Minister Gilbo, so the, the conviction that he's that Ezra is talking about with Minister Gilbo is from 2001. And when Stephen Gilbo was a active member of Greenpeace. Him and some other activists climbed the CN Tower, climbed the outside of the CN Tower in 2001, and flew a banner that read "Canada and Bush Climate Killers." So that's that's what he that's what the 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 conviction that Ezra is talking about. I think we should all be impressed that a politician could climb the CN Tower. <laughs> 100% yes <laughs> I'm impressed right? by that yeah. I don't know anything else about Gilbo honestly I don't um, I just don't follow federal politics that closely but what I can say is that as soon as you tell me what his conviction was for I am immediately impressed with the fact that he could do that yeah and I mean it's on brand also with the liberal party and with Trudeau hiring people who are activists or people who have maybe a bit of a, a higher social profile into cabinet positions, so into, into kind of higher positions of, of notoriety. And that's kind of what he is, what he's known for. I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying that's kind of what, what he's, what he's known for. Yeah. So the second totally. kind of piece 
of misinformation um, that he dropped was a new government agency. I don't know if maybe you didn't catch it when he said it, um, but yeah, introducing a new government agency to to block people. But you can hear you can hear the words himself, right? That what the minister says. He doesn't say anything about a new agency or or this and that. He's just saying that, and maybe he wasn't prepared for the question. You know, he was finding his words. Uh, maybe he could have explained it a little bit better. But you know, he explains it quite well that this is about you know if there is a target of individuals, it's a target of people who are outwardly expressing threats to um, to civil servants, to public servants. A prime example would be Kevin J. Johnson here in Calgary, who just got arrested yesterday for, for an unrelated thing. But Kevin J. Johnson posted on his platforms that he was going to arm himself and visit Alberta Health Services employees and executives. And going to dox them. And yeah. Everything. Didn't it lead to um, AHS, all AHS employees actually filing and receiving a restraining order against him? So he has yeah, that's access right. to their information? Yeah. So Alberta Health Services writ large has a restraining order against this man. So nobody, he can't get into, into unless I'm obviously, I'm guessing, you know, except for med- medical emergencies. He can't get within a certain distance of Alberta Health Services employees writ large, right? Perfect. So that's what C10 is going after. Um, those kinds of things. Because, yeah, why would you want to get into public office when you have a, a, a nut bar like Kevin J. Johnson who could potentially make good on his threats and is wide open making and make yeah, making these threats, you know? Or if we're looking, you know, at the, the people in Rebel, like... Rebel targets certain politicians that they don't like and they bring their batshit crazy base of support against them. You know, (laughs) like yeah, they their their whole thing is freedom and and the freedom crowd. They like their guns and they like their (laughs) whatever. And, And and turning that crowd against somebody could lead to uh some very very scary situations and I'm honestly surprised it hasn't more in the past. It hasn't happened more frequently where there's been escalations to violence or escalations to serious threats on people's lives, but it's happened, right? There was that guy from Winnipeg that was an army reservist. I'm pretty sure he was like part of kind of the rebel fan base in that world who then wanted to, what, what do you want to try to do? Try to citizens arrest the prime minister with a gun or something like. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. He, he drove into the gate at Rideau hall. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. He wanted to, yeah. Enact a citizens arrest on Justin Trudeau and hold a trial. Is what he wanted to do. Yeah. And I think the thing to look at with this is it's like, they're not saying like, don't be critical of the government, like be critical but it's just the it's the hate spewing that needs to stop, right? Like, yeah, I yeah. I don't like Aaron O'Toole. I really, really don't like Aaron O'Toole. But I'm not ever going to insinuate that somebody should put his life at risk. No, right? And I well, think no, that's what's not. happening in the situations that they're addressing here is that. You might not be calling for somebody to be attacked, but you should say, 
well, if they're going to take away your guns, you should maybe put them to use before it's done or something like that. Insinuating violence, right? Yeah. Well, and, you know, and this is something that we're dealing with, especially with Twitter and, and social media kind of in general is line between real life and social media and the cyber world is becoming thinner and thinner every day. So the things that you say online do have an impact on what happens in your, you know, real life. Totally. And there needs to be accountability for that, where what you say online could, in fact, empower somebody to act. If you're in a certain position of power, or if you're in a certain position where you have a certain amount of followers who are willing to possibly do what you're asking them to do. So I, I can see it. And I want to play another clip here from CBC's Power and Politics. And it's the minister himself. So it's Minister Gilbo explaining a little bit more about C10. And it's going to give you an idea of what the concentration of C10 really is. The bill is about ensuring that these platforms that act like broadcasters pay their fair share when it comes to Canadian culture. So it's about spending obligations, spending requirements. It's not about content moderation. So I'm going to flip the question for a moment here, Minister, because it was important enough to put that exclusion there in the first place. Now it's gone. Why was it important in the first place to put it there? Content. We're we're not interested. I mean, it's not it's not what the bill is. About. I mean, I, I hear you saying it's you're not, not interested, simply... but there literally was an exclusion that was put in the original iteration of that bill. The thing that was reviewed, and then it got to committee, and bingo, bango, bongo, the exclusion is gone. So why was it important to put it there in the first place, such that now the the committee has removed it? Well, I mean, the the, the committee decides what they want. The bill, first of all, the committee hasn't even finished. Doing it, doing its work in terms of, of of the amendments. So, so we don't have a full picture of what the bill will, will look like when it comes back when it comes back to the to the, to the House of Commons for for third reading. Would um, you like to see the exclusion back in there? It's not necessary. I mean, so so if it's not necessary, was there, why was it there in the first place? Well, you know, we've we've worked on this for for, for many months. We we. We we came up with what we thought would be the, the the best possible bill, but 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 bill can always be perfected. They will be amended, and it, it's not the purpose of the bill, so it's not required to be there. Because I mean, this again, this this idea that the CRTC would would start looking would start doing content moderation is has has no basis in reality. In, in its forty years of existence, it has never done that. It doesn't have the power to do that. Bill C-10 doesn't grant the CRTC the power to do that. But, but, so uh, this whole conversation makes no sense. But a former no CRTC chair, Peter Menzies, has said, I'll, I'll quote here, granting a government agency authority over legal user-generated content ju doesn't just infringe on free expression, it constitutes a full-blown assault on it. That is from a former CRTC chair. Bingo, bango, bongo. Bingo, bango, bongo. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that Menzies, former chair of the CRTC, is any relation to David <laughs> Oh Menzies. my God, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, interesting conversation, hey? It's like, yeah. you know, the whoever the interviewer is is sitting there grilling him about something that's just completely not relevant. It's like, whoa, yeah. what about this? And he's like, well, you know, it doesn't apply because 
this isn't the function of the CRTC, but like that seems to just be going past what this interviewer, like, you know, he's just stuck on asking the question and he's sitting there saying, well, yeah. it's not relevant. Right? Yeah. Well, and in, in my opinion, it's the wrong questions to ask. And CBC actually does play a little misinformation game here in quoting that former CRTC executive about targeting individuals. So we, again, we listened to the same audio and he said individuals would not be targeted and or outwardly threatened. The only people that would be targeted are those that who outwardly threaten the public servants. Um, or, or host or or post sorry hate speech yeah. so and and what what they're talking about you know with the CRTC not having the power to moderate I mean that's already built into our charter of rights and freedoms make no mistake that Ezra's moral panic isn't really about the real threats to public servants it's about him and his band of knuckleheads it's placing misleading claims into their videos like new government agencies being created. And that creates a layer already around a, a, an already huge black box that is Canadian content regulation and the CRTC. And there's a huge issue in the battle of misinformation. And maybe kind of maybe that's the idea. There's an idea for action there to kind of maybe take away some of that mystery around Canadian content and what the CRTC actually does and what they can do. Because that's not really taught in school. It's taught in university if you take a Canadian media studies class, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I believe the minister when he says that the government isn't concerned with, you know, targeting the average Canadian or deep platforming anybody. Um, I don't believe him when it's about protecting Canadian culture because, you know, that's that's a humongous, you know, problem as well. What is Canadian culture, Leonard? Exactly. What is Canadian? That's, that's, that's kind of the big question what are you protecting what part of canadian culture are you protecting you want to know what canadian culture is what is canadian culture yeah Shit's creek (laughs) tim hortons (laughs) um yeah cancon regulation to me anyway and i've had this debate with professors at university before to me isn't about protecting any kind of culture it's about protecting canada's media market it's about protecting an industry within Canada and is protecting pr- protecting them against the American media giant. Well, that's um, it. I mean, it kind of fo- it forces it forces Canadians to listen to Canadian produced content, and so that kind of goes down a chain, right? It's like, okay, so if the Canadian radio stations say they need to play forty percent of their content has to be canadian in origin whatever that means produced in yeah. canada written by a canadian etc 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 what that means is that it essentially artificially forces the canadian music industry to be at a certain level right they have to be yeah. producing a certain amount of music consistently and it kind of just really lifts up that industry right that would otherwise be probably completely wiped out by american industry yeah so i I think there's some positives to it in that regard definitely right yeah there's a really good article that i read quite a while back and it's from the american journal of canadian studies um it's by a guy named kevin mulcahy it's got a horrible name it's a cultural imperialism and cultural sovereignty u.s canadian cultural relations no rolls off the tongue um but it's a it's about canada's geographical yeah disadvantage and what he calls small nation big neighbor syndrome 
So Canada is, we might have a big, you know, geographical area, but we're a very small country. We're only about 38 million people. Um, and the, the, the idea around that article is that Canada is constantly waterboarded with American culture. And the concept of Canadian culture is really opaque. It, you know, and it's really what can be appropriated into Canadian culture is appropriated into Canadian culture. You know, I can't point to a specific thing that says that is Canadian culture. I don't, can you, can you do that? I don't know. Mr. Dress Up. It's a TV show, right? Are TV shows, <laughs> right? Like, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I, I mean, I think the, I think it's the a easiest product. thing to say Canadian, like what do Canadians identify with kind of culturally? And the one thing that always kind of comes up is they identify with being not American. That's like Canadian That's exactly culture it. is being not American, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's kind of what a lot of people talk about is, you know, our our culture is our comparison to another culture, right? Or we just create these cultural artifacts in a really shitty way. Like like I said Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons is a cultural artifact in Canada, but it's owned by Burger King in the States. Yeah. Right. They do an article about that in the American Journal of Canadian Culture. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what the fuck? And that's that that's the thing too, right? Like this and this is the article I read in my cultural studies or in my um uh um culture culture cur- eh, sorry, cultural markets class in university because it is such a thing. Our Canadian culture is so commodified and it's become such a commodification of everything where you know the other thing is hockey. Hockey is Canadian culture, but that is directly connected to the NHL and directly connected to the OHL and CHL and minor hockey and all these kinds of really, really multi-million and even multi-billion dollar organizations. And that's Canadian culture. And is it worth protecting? Is that worth legislating? I get it. I get doing that for Canadian artists, um, for Canadian music, sure. But you get a, a self-serving American studio that will hire Canadian writers, they'll hire Canadian producers, they'll film everything in Canada, but the movie or the show is based in the United States. The characters are American, the story is American. Everything is American except for where it was made and who it was made by. Is that Canadian content? Yeah, that's a I don't that's a good question, Leonard. Right? I have so, no idea. So it's a very broad subject. Obviously, it's a very nuanced subject, but Rebel just wants to concentrate on something that doesn't even apply to them. It doesn't even, it's not even going to really affect them except for there's going to be consequences when their followers and people in their orbit threaten public figures. Yeah, well, and I mean also Rebel's whole, the Rebel's whole thing is fear fear mongering right so yeah that's exactly anything that has to do with media they want to include themselves in and find a way to make it seem like there's some kind of serious threat against them 
Yeah. Because that's what keeps people coming back. That's what makes people go, oh crap, you know, I got $20 in my bank, but I need to donate 10 of these dollars to Rebel because they're going to go out of business and then I'll never know the truth again. Exactly. Right. When when really the truth of the matter is the average Canadian won't really recognize any changes that are happening. The yeah, average exactly. everyday Canadian, what they're going to see when they open up Amazon Prime or when they open up, open up Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever, they're going to see more Canadian content. Right? You know what but, the average Canadian needs to be opening up if they want to do streaming services? CBC Gem. Okay. CBC. There you go. Yes. That is what they should be opening up. I've been subscribed to CBC Gem for a very long time, basically since it started, <laughs> because I love CBC. Yeah. And I don't watch very many things on there, really at all, to be honest. And the one thing I do watch isn't even Canadian content. I watch Portlandia. But <laughs> is that on CBC my, Gem? It is. Yeah. That's oh what I got. Oh, my God. Okay. And, and I just pay my subscription fee. And I was talking my partner was making fun of me. And she's going, you know, you should consider canceling that um, because you never use it. And I looked at her and I said, I am happy to give my $5.99 a month to the CBC to keep them yeah. supported. And she was, she just rolled her eyes and she's like, I don't even know why I said that because I knew what your response was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, CBC would be, is, is really the only Canadian media organization that produces and puts out only Canadian content. Okay. Genuine Canadian safe, content. Safe like, you, know, you know what I think of but, when I think about Canadian content? You know what show I think of that played a big role in my life? North of 60. Remember that yes, show? Yes. Absolutely. That, yeah, that I actually is had Canadian when I was content. Out, when I was writing out my little uh, my little uh, dialogue here, I had North of 60 in there like yesterday, but I, I kind of took it out. I was hoping that you would mention it, and here we are. That's here awesome. we are. Yeah, that's that's Canadian content. That, that because that Canadian represents content. what Canada really is. It's a struggle between, um, you know, um, cultures with indigenous and, and kind of yeah. settlers, and it's a remote area, you know, north of sixty. It's 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 real representation of Canadian life that gets overlooked all of the time. Right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's parts of Canada that need to be showcased more because it is reality for a lot of people in Canada and it shows genuine struggles and situations that happen in the lives of everyday Canadians that are exactly. again constantly overlooked, right? Yeah, and look at uh Kim's convenience as well. You know, that's a that's a newer one and actually Kim's convenience just was was canceled. But same thing, it was, um, you know, it shows the Korean immigrant life in big city, urban Canada and how that looks. And it's a comedy, so it's, you know, it's obviously a, a bit of a, a funny look at it. But it, it, you know, like every other Canadian show that has come out, it, it's funny, it has a really good storyline, but it also showcases life in Canada. It shows how immigrant Canadians, you know, work and live in Canada and how everybody just kind of yeah has to has to coexist in this country because we don't have this kind of overarching canadian cultural story which is i think good we don't have that american constitution story or you know the hundreds of years of history that europe has and and things like that we're a brand new country and we're a um you know we're a uh a diverse country and i think that's kind of what 
is becoming Canadian culture. But again, it, for me, it comes back to the whole, what are you protecting? That, that's where my issue with C10 is. And I think that's where maybe the average Canadian could have issue with C10 versus what Rebel is shouting about nothing versus, you know, what is your tax dollars going to? What are they protecting? Are they allowing big, giant American companies to call themselves Canadian content to save a few bucks? Yeah. Right? And is my taxpayer dollars paying for American content when it's meant to be for Canadian content about Canada, about Canadian culture. So ultimately what you're saying is that there's an argument to be made that maybe C10 isn't the greatest thing. C10 might have some flaws, some issues that need to be addressed. Yeah. Uh, and Rebel is criticizing C10. They're just not doing any legitimate criticisms. They're just making them up and kind of driving forward their own narrative essentially 100 percent. yeah hmm, weird that, it's not <laughs> like we haven't seen that same thing happen every fucking week imagine that right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so there you go so that's what i wanted to share with you guys this week was uh was c10 i think it's a very important thing um especially around canadian culture and that whole idea um yeah share your comments with us about it we'd love to hear from you about that totally Okay. All right, buddy, what do you got this week? Well, Leonard, last week I mentioned I wanted to stray away from the Alberta reporting because yeah. this is not an Alberta podcast. So I've done that. But I will say the Alberta stuff is so much more interesting. Well, it's loud. <laughs> it's it's what is the loudest, I believe. Yeah, there's just here anyway. Level... I mean, we're we're based we're based in Western Canada, so it's it's a little bit hard to kind of remove ourselves permanently from that. Yes and no. I mean, there's just a level of madness in Alberta that's completely unmatchable anywhere else in the country. I'd have to oh, say. Yeah, yeah um, that's very true. Um, I think that that's why the Alberta content has come to the front and come to our attention so much. It's just so much more of a spectacle. But anyhow, this week we're traveling east. We're heading to Hamilton, where we are going to meet a new to us member of the Rebel crew at the Hamilton Freedom Rally. Oh, let's just get right into it here. All right. Hey guys, Efron Monsanto here, head of video for Rebel News, here with another report from my Hamilton lockdown freedom protest coverage. So I went back to City Hall. And yet again, government gang members were there and detaining and ticketing people simply for protesting in what I thought it was a free country. All right. Efron Monsanto, head of video <laughs> for Rebel News. Great so name. Does that mean he's in charge of editing Sheila Gunn Reed's cell phone footage that she gets from Christ Life Church? Is, is he the mastermind behind that stuff? <laughs> um, yeah, and it is a great name, um, Efron Monsanto. It's, I'd have to imagine the Monsanto in his name doesn't bode well with his uh conspiracy theory audience that they're pandering right? to, right? <laughs> um, anyway, let's get into it. So, he refers to the police as government gang members, government gang um, members, which is a term. That honestly, I can actually agree with him about. However, I guess so. I suspect that we come to that term for different reasons. 
he's calling them gang members at this moment because they're doing something he doesn't like. Yeah. Um, but if his worldview is similar to the rest of the rebel crew, then certainly he would love cops um, that are breaking up BLM protests or just generally doing things that he agrees with. <laughs> so um, I'm also curious who they are actually detaining when he's talking about these government gang members, uh, who they're detaining and ticketing, because I actually see almost nobody at this protest. Yeah, it looked very empty. There's definitely less than 10 people here. And um, at least during like the time that Efron is there filming anyhow, and I would hope that he's there in the midst of the action. So this goes back to why Alberta is so much more interesting because <laughs> there's just no shortage of wild rednecks to show up at any event with freedom in the title, right? Man, like yesterday, there was a maskless anti-mask rally and for, it was a you know relatively small group, but yeah, super fucking loud. And then they go on their little loser parade, complete with a police escort. So you hear the you hear the police sirens all of a sudden, kind of look out the window, and there they are being led by a couple of police cruisers, and they're they're walking down, uh, you know, the a downtown loop. And they they go through. I think they go through like three or four like city blocks, like for quite a while, and then they come back to kind of where they started. But how many public resources are taking care of that f for their freedom rally? <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. my God. Yeah, there you go. And then they hand out freedom bullets. We'll maybe talk about that later. God. All right. Let's, uh, let's hear some more of what Efron has to say here, our new buddy. Now, you might be wondering why I keep bringing you Hamilton lockdown coverage. Yes, I am. The reason why is that I want to tell these people stories. They're facing intimidation from state agents that are armed every single weekend. And it's my duty to bring you the other side of the story when possible. Because take a look at this CBC headline. Seven people charged for going against the Reopening Act of Ontario. What does that mean? Seven people charged simply for protesting in a free country against these most restrictive lockdown measures in North America. <sighs> yes, Efron, I am wondering why you're bringing us this coverage. Because <laughs> there's not much to it. <laughs> Every day. Um, so we're going back to the armed state agents thing yeah. again, hey? That's dramatic rebel speak for the police. For the police. And he zooms in on the, on the, on the police officer's sidearm. Certainly does, yeah. Like, that's so, the first time he's ever seen a, an armed police officer on the side of the road. Well, and that's exactly what I was going to say, right? All police officers always have a gun on them, like we spoke always. about before. There is a debate or argument to be had for if they need them or not, but that's not what rebel is here to do, right? No. Uh, as with all things, they just want to drive a narrative that fits them in this moment. Exactly. Right? I can almost guarantee that the rebel stance on police being armed is that they always should be armed unless rebel doesn't want them to be armed, right? Well, that's the thing. They, want, they need to be armed at a BLM protest. Yeah. They need to be armed at a First Nations protest. Yep. But when yokels rally against regulations and actually break laws yep they should not be armed yes that's right all right yeah. <laughs> Yokels, i like here. that so we could make the law the law is if anyone at the protest knows how to play a banjo 
you're not allowed to have guns. <laughs> if uh, if the person at the if people at the protest have all of their teeth, then you need to be armed. You need to be armed, and you need to be ready for action. Uh, that's exactly it. Yeah, and the, the zooming in on the gun, it's like, all right, man, like, cool. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Like, yeah, and yeah I'm, I'm cops trying to... have guns, and like, this is no different. Like we, I mean, how many times have we said this before? It's like, if a cop goes into a Tim Hortons to get a coffee for their break, their gun is on them, right? Yeah. Like it's like, that's, it's part of their uniform. And again, it's not, this is not a endorsement of police or guns. This is just a, simply a statement of fact. So yeah. stop pushing a narrative that only applies to this moment. You know what you're doing. You fucking liar. You yeah. want police to have guns more than I do. I promise you that. So just shut your stupid mouth. F well, and it's first, and it's nothing new. Police have been armed in Canada and in North America for a very, 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 very long time. Uh, you know, at least the last, I would say, 75 years, maybe more. Um, so, it, and I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to put myself in the place of a rebel media watcher, like a, a, a person in the rebel media audience that watched this video and was like, yeah, armed state, uh, armed state gang. That's what they are. Well, Not thinking that the, the police watcher, have been armed, the, you know? The watcher is mad that they can't have a pistol on their hip. That's what it is, right? It's not even that they necessarily are mad that the police have or are armed. They're more mad that they can't be armed, right? Because I guess here they want to be Americans so badly. Yeah, exactly. For the non-Canadian listeners, like having a handgun on your person is illegal in all situations in Canada, unless you have, unless essentially you're a, a police officer, there's a few armed security officers that you can get special clearance for. Otherwise they're called restricted firearms. You cannot even have one locked that's in the back of your vehicle, unless yeah. you can prove that you're simply on your way to the shooting range right now to go shoot or on your way home from the shooting range, you cannot have a restricted firearm on your person for any friggin' reason. And yeah. that's why these people are pissed off. Not because yeah. the police have guns, but because they want to have theirs too. That's right. And we don't have a second amendment. So gun rights, we, th there are no gun rights in Canada. It does not exist. There's yeah. only rules and regulations on who can have a gun and exactly like Nick said, restricted firearms and, and things like that. So they really don't have a leg to stand on anybody that is a, a gun advocate in Canada, you know, doesn't, I, I think maybe what they're trying to do is, is get a second amendment or a sort of a kind of second amendment, but yeah, it, it doesn't, does not exist here. Yeah. Okay, uh, back to this uh, Efron clip. So he mentions a CBC article about seven people being charged. So I looked it up, and really it doesn't say much out of what the headline reads. Um, the article simply says that seven people were charged for violating health orders, not wearing masks, et cetera, et cetera. Inside that CBC article, though, there is actually a link to a CBC interview with a lawyer who speaks about people's ability to protest during the pandemic. I wanted to check that out um, since one of 
the big rebel arguments is that it's our charter right to protest. So I'm going to read a little bit from this lawyer's response here. So, uh, quote, I believe we do. And that's inferring the right, have the right to protest, but this would also come down to scrutiny and courts. The unfortunate reality is because of the times we're in any attempt to gather in groups of 10 or more may be met with provincial offenses. I would suggest anybody who's attempting to protest that they observe all of the bylaws of the area and the guidelines whereby staying at least six feet apart, two meters apart from each other, which shows responsible protest. You're outside. So I know the mask thing is up in the air, whether you wear it or not, the mask is always intended to be if you're going to be closer than six feet or two meters from somebody. So once you're educated on the bylaws around the specific exemptions to wearing masks for your outdoor or your medical condition or whatever the case may be. So the short answer is yes, you always have the right to express yourself. But the interesting answer is you may be subjected to a provincial offense ticket if you were if you do want to protest, have to challenge it in court and assert your charter rights to uphold your freedom. Always try to observe other people's thoughts, respect their ideas, because as much as you may not believe certain things are necessary, others do. And if you respect others' wishes, you may have a better time arguing your point. <clears throat> so basically what he's saying is, yeah, you have the right to protest, but in circumstances like this, you really should observe provincial health orders just so you don't have some kind of run-in with the law here, right? It's pretty simple. Yeah. I'd say it's it pretty, like a, uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. Like I'd say it sounds like a pretty reasonable argument for protests and yeah, I'm fairly confident that if the people at these stupid rallies respected the health orders, they wouldn't encounter any problems. The problem is these blockheads at these rallies don't <laughs> think that COVID is a serious issue and they're certainly breaking all the distancing and masking rules when they're out there. Yeah. So fuck them. <laughs> right. You love that. Fuck yeah. Them. I guess to, to, to respect and observe the rules first, you have to acknowledge and, you know, think that they are real. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. The and I think there's a large group said, that thinks COVID isn't even real. These seven people that were arrested, none of them were wearing masks. They were all within two meters. So if you want to go out and protest, and I'm not encouraging people to protest COVID-19 because it's a fucking serious issue, but if you want to, the best way to get your message out there is don't give the people you're protesting against any, don't give them any fodder to discredit you. Go out there, wear a yeah. mask, be two meters apart, be loud, have your signs, say what you're going to say, but if you know, don't give them a reason to, to discredit you, I suppose. Right. And that's exactly what these people do. Right. Yeah. But then nobody will film you. Nobody will put you on the internet and nobody will pay for your fines. So what's the incentive there? Yeah, I guess. Right. Yeah. You got to be a spectacle. <laughs> that's what well, you watching, do. watching that rally, watching that rally from my place yesterday, 
you know, there was um, the COVID fairy. Was she the COVID fairy or the lockdown fairy? Oh, I, I don't know. Was now. Anyway, huh. she was something fairy. Lockdown, COVID, something. And so they pass, they, you know, somebody comes up to the front. They have a microphone with their speaker and they, you know, think of the children. Think of the mental health. Uh, I can't wear a mask over my nose. I'm the COVID fairy. Follow me on Telegram. Oh, okay, cool. That's so. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, there was another. There was the Jedi. You know, he had his little swords. Uh, and then the Jedi was like, oh, "Follow me. I'm the Jedi. The Jedi never backs down. The Jedi will never blah blah blah." They're all trying to be go. their own version of the Q shaman. That's what they're trying That's to do. That's exactly what they I all, thought. They all saw, saw how it. popular the Q shaman got, and they're all trying to be yeah. their own version of that. The last one that I that not this past one, but when I, I think it was the Sunday, the first Sunday I was in Calgary, one of the guys that showed up was in a Joker costume, like from, uh, from Joaquin Phoenix uh, movie. So in that kind of setup. Okay. And I immediately thought, you're coming to this thing as the Joker. And the Joker's whole ethos is chaos. It's all like so descent just, just for chaos. Yeah. And that was the perfect, perfect symbolism for what's going on in that, in that park or during, during these protests. It's a big yeah. play. They're just doing this a LARP. That's what I, when I thought of it, I was like, this is a LARP. There's no way that this, that they actually believe what's going on. <laughs> they're playing a role yeah totally it's craziness yep agreed yeah. so speaking of larpers let's get back to efron <laughs> 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 moving along in the video efron shows some footage of one person getting arrested in what is a fairly aggressive way but this is from january that's right from january and I think the reason he shows this here hmm. in this in this clip is because he needs a way to spice up this otherwise extremely boring video. <laughs> like I said, there are almost no <laughs> people in any of these shots, right? Like this day in Hamilton is just, it's a ghost town. There's nothing going on. And there's one guy. So, so he, he shows this clip a few times talking about this violent arrest from January, la, 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 la. <clears throat> that's the only real action that he's got. I seen one person uh, that keeps showing up in the shots and <laughs> this guy, all he needs is a stick with a bag on the end. And he would actually look like a caricature of a train hopping hobo from like <laughs> old timey <laughs> cartoons. And he's pretty awesome. So he's pretty, he's pretty cool, but he's like the only <laughs> consistent person I've actually seen at this rally. Like, his face stands out because they show him a few times and because he looks like a cartoon character. But probably because uh, he lives in the park. <laughs> he might, which is fine. Uh, he's just really kind of has that look that's like, you know, he's he's a cartoon character. Anyway. <laughs> so, you know, that's why he's showing these clips from January, is because there's just nothing happening there. So uh moving forward, uh Efron starts talking about how this is public popper public property they're on and he shows clips of old protests that have happened there in the past and then he says he's going to start to hold the police and bylaw officers accountable 
by asking them some hard questions. Oh, God, I can't wait. Okay. So, officers, you're live on camera. So, how come they're being trespassed on public property? What do, what do you want to say to the viewers who think this is disgusting, what's doing here? They've never been violent for the last couple of weeks. Why are they being trespassed? Nothing to say? What about you guys? Why law? You guys should get 95s, eh? N95s? Those face masks don't really do much. Yeah, there it is. Hard-hitting journalism. Um, Jesus. So yeah, he fumbles around with his words, and then he says, how can there be trespass on public property, or how can it be tra uh, something? He, he, yeah. he spits out some kind of question that didn't really make any sense. Um, and it turns out Efron's hard-hitting questions didn't do anything. What, <laughs> Everyone well, it, just ignores them. He ends up just chirping them. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the taunting that uh, yeah. they, they were talking about before yeah. <laughs> Ezra was uh -huh. talking about in ear clips. <laughs> yeah. It's everyone just ignores them and they're just walking back uh, to city hall. And uh, he's like, how can there be trespass or <laughs> something stupid again? He spits out some nonsensical question. And sorry, Efron, I guess you just don't command the respect of people like uh, Ezra or Kian or David Manson. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you got to own your, you got to own the space, man. And then he tells them that they should be wearing N95 masks. And I really don't understand the purpose of this. Like Looking uh, maybe out for their some best kind interest. of general mask wearing dig or something. He's concerned. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. And <laughs> I see why. Efron is the head of video and not a typical on-camera reporter. He lacks the flair for the dramatics of people like Ezra and Sheila and Menzies. Mm -hmm. uh, at least they're entertaining. Efron just sucks. Uh, <laughs> Efron and Seuss can uh, get together and make some kind of super boring video reporting compilation or something. Empty, empty spaces and chirping police. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So after his weird mask mask insult, uh, he abrupt, abruptly cuts to an ad, uh, like just kind of out of nowhere, uh, for people to sign up to the Rebel website because big tech is censoring them and blah, 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 blah. The totally new ad. information. Yeah. And then he cuts back to the report and it's him following those police that he was just chirping and pestering them. And really, there's not a whole lot going on in this kind of situation here. So uh, as the head of video, I think Efron realizes how boring this piece is becoming. So he tries to spice it up by having the hobo caricature guy do a play-by-play -play of the aggressive arrest from January <laughs> that they had showed earlier. So he cuts back to that. <laughs> As the hobo guy, do the play-by-play. -play. And, I mean, it's mildly entertaining. And I say that only because I enjoy how much this guy looks like a cartoon character. <laughs> That's it. You know, it's it's fun. So, moving on, uh, Efron then does the arm state agents bit again. Um, but this time, he's referring to the fully loaded police vehicles, as he calls them. Referring not to the luxury aspect of the cars, but the fact that they're ready for war or some stupid shit like that. <laughs> uh, 
Then he wanders around the parking lot of City Hall for a little bit, muttering to himself. He sees uh, maybe a bylaw officer. He's like, oh, I recognize her. Well, <laughs> like, there's nothing happening. Jesus. It's really friggin' awful. See, and this is kind of where, like, the whole loaded police vehicles, ready for war, stuff like that. Like, there is something there. Like, yes, the Canadian police, the North American police, you know, Canada and the U.S., have increasingly become more militarized with the equipment that they have. And in the States, it's like the surplus military equipment that they can buy. And in Canada, you know, kind of the same thing. Like you look at Vancouver and Calgary and all the major areas in Canada, you know, our police are are kitted out with these gigantic armored vehicles as well. So he has something there. There is an argument to be made there. He doesn't though. But he doesn't do it. Well, that's the thing. These are just regular police cruisers. But yeah, no, I get that. But like you you could as as somebody who is concerned, if somebody if if Rebel was concerned about kind of what was going on with the police being armed and militarized and all those kinds of things, there is a truth to it. There is an angle that you can take that does, you know, shed some light on the way that the police are being armed these days. But no, they choose to, again, take the common lowest common denominator and use just frivolous shit like this, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what makes me mad about it. Yeah, they're liars and they're dumb, dumb heads. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> after he's wandering around the parking lot doing this muttering to himself, suddenly we get some action. Again, Hamilton police have just raided the freedom protest one more time. From Monsanto. Oh, I'm actually being ticketed. Yeah, I'm actually being ticketed, guys, on camera. Take a look at this, guys. So, for what am I being charged for again? Reopening Ontario Act. No way. Wait, this is an 880 COVID fine. Here you go. This is an 880 COVID fine. What is it? Give this to you. Okay, guys, I'm being actually ticketed live on camera. What's your name? And, what's your name and badge number? Sorry, say what's your name and badge numbers? You're also trespassing yeah. the property. I'm trespassing for what? For what? Because you're failing to comply with the opening. For being a journalist? For being a journalist. You can stay two meters. So the police raid the freedom rally and Efron Monsanto gets a ticket. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a raiding because one, it was outdoor, and the two, there was nobody there. So like the four people that were there, they were like, go get lost. <laughs> then the one person <laughs> Efron is just the pest that they're like okay you're just too much of a pest so here's a ticket yeah he wouldn't but, even let the cop talk like he wouldn't even let what are you ticketing me for he wouldn't even let the the police officer say what he was being ticketed for yeah but this is the best case scenario for Efron because now you can actually say his day wasn't a complete waste of time <laughs> Because hey. now he got this ticket and he can martyr himself in that way. Right? And I'm sure Uncle Ezra is very happy as well that he was got a ticket. He made the story about himself. And, you know, here's your, here's your fight to find. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, like I said, the raid of the Freedom Rally uh, was the same police, police officers and bylaw officers that have been around there all day. They're just coming back outside to tell the four people that were there to beat it. And they ticket Efron for not social distancing. Um, he claims he's a journalist. Uh, he's definitely not a journalist. He's just a fucking blockhead with a camera who works for a really shitty organization that like to call themselves journalists. Yeah, right. I just want to be clear, not a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, there is some shots of a couple of protesters being angry about the police shutting them down. Um, and then Efron abruptly cuts to an ad again. But this time, it was a little bit more interesting than the last ad. So I'll just play this here for you. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. Got to remind you, the dollar's collapsing. Take a look at our federal debt. It's unbelievable. Got to get out of fiat. But listen, be smart. Be the top of your dominant hierarchy. Head over to rebelnewsstore.com. Show your support for decentralized currency. The Fed's not going to take it. And also for your support for Rebel News. Rebelnewsstore.com. Use code STAFF10 for 10% off. Now back to the video. The dollar is collapsing. Yep. Be the dominant hierarchy. Yep. All right. This okay. is also the first ad I've ever heard for the Rebel News store. So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and they're going after Bitcoin now. Well, so that's also something. Let me get this straight. You can only spend real currency on the Rebel News website to buy a sweater that claims to support decentralized currency. <laughs> So the sweater Efron is pitching is just a hoodie with the Rebel logo on, but the B in the Rebel is actually the Bitcoin symbol. And so, yeah, I had asked myself, can you pay for this in Bitcoin? So I went to find the answer to that question, (laughs) Leonard, and I got way more than I bargained for here. So firstly, the answer is no, you can't pay for Rebel clothing in any cryptocurrency. Um, but to find this out, I had to visit the rebel online store and this is completely fucked. (laughs) I'm I'm just going to go through and talk about some of the hoodies and we'll just, (laughs) just talk about the hoodies for today. This is fucking wild, man. So there's some merch. I'll, I'll, uh, here, I'll, I'll share my screen with you so you can just see it as well. while I'm looking through it. But so first off. Every single photo is the exact same photo of what I can only assume is a stock image of this poor guy modeling something between two giant trucks. Okay. So every foot, every image is exactly the same image. It's just got a different hoodie photoshopped onto it. So let's start looking at this first one, COVID 1984. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, we got Patriot with a Canadian flag on it. Naturally. Sorry, Maple Leaf, I should say. We have a Make Canada Great Again, like uh, MAGA uh, shirt. The Maple Leaf replaces the A in that that's one, right, so yeah. that's great. Uh, one that just says Rebel. Mm. Uh, we have Make Canada Great Again in the shape of a Maple Leaf. And then a Rebel News with a megaphone. Eh, these ones are so far like whatever, you know? How about this, yeah. Then we have Make Canada Great Again in a Heart. And then we have Socialist Distancing. Stay away (laughs) from socialists at least 100 meters. And it's got a picture of a little virus as the O in Socialist. Oh, my God. That's fun. Now we go down. Um, Boy, did I call it or what? George Orwell. George Orwell, of course. (laughs) We have another Make Canada Great Again one in a Maple Leaf One of those, yeah. Uh, we have a rebel um, keep fighting for freedom uh, with a bullhorn. Yeah, Make Canada great again, again. So that's kind of not boring. Uh, free Adam Skelly barbecue oh, rebellion. No, you've got to be. You know what? I bet you. I bet you. Adam Skelly bought every single one of his hoodies. Every oh, single one of them. Yeah. 
And these things more, are not cheap either. They're like 55 bucks. Yeah. More Mitt Cannon again. We got the the Gulag one uh, with the Google design. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Then so okay. So let's get some to some of the more fun ones. So there's this one. Look at this one. A it's conservative. It's angel. it's an angel, but if it's conservative spelt out in the shape of an angel with angel wings. <laughs> what the hell? What does that even mean? I don't even get the we symbolism there. Stars in his eyes. Trude. Oh no. And it's a Justin Trudeau worshiping the Chinese flag. Wow. Uh, we get the Facebook symbol. It says fascist book. That's fitting. <laughs> oh, no. I would love to see a, a rebel person wearing that. Wait, here That'd we go. Perfect. You see these ones? I am exempt in a picture of a face oh, mask on it. Oh my god. Comes in two different colors. You uh, can get comes, you can get green or, or orange. We got sell the CBC. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm another mask exempt one. Exempt in red. Yeah, then we have the Libranos. It's a Sopranos, no but it's liberal government. Is there is there a gun in the in the Libranos? I know there's a, there's a dollar sign for the S. I don't see a gun there, no. No, it doesn't look like it. I mean, that's like a and wasted then, and then opportunity. We got, if fascism comes to America, it will come in the name of liberalism. So there's that one. Uh, yeah. What's the burger one? It's just, it, it, it's literally just rebel burger. It's just like rebel <laughs> bacon and cheeseburger. It's just <laughs> like a picture of a fucking burger. Well, last week or two weeks ago, I, I finally heard the term nothing burger. So I guess maybe that's what that is. Big maybe, yeah. Nothing I mean, burger. Rebel is a nothing burger. So then we have uh, one that stopped the carbon tax, and we have Wexit. We have a Wexit <laughs> one. With a fist. Oh, my God. Are you yeah. fucking kidding me? And then we have Wexit. I have a dream. Uh, a couple different iterations of that. We have Save Archer, oh, an Archer no. Pawlowski. It's got his face on the front of the hoodie. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, what is this? Let folks eat cherry cheesecake. Let um, folks eat cherry cheesecake. What's that from? Is that Don Cherry? I don't know. I don't think that it is Don Cherry. I don't know what that is. Let people eat cherry cheesecake. Anyway, it has to be something. We have, uh, and then there's one that says Wexit activist. So, I mean, there's a few more that we didn't kind of go over. There's like 20 iterations of the mask exempt one, but like this shit is fucking wild, man. I don't know if anyone's buying these hoodies or not, but like if they are, that's just fucking crazy. These are just the stupidest hoodies and every single one of them just screams. I'm a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I just. Oh, it's so frustrating. I have to say, like, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen any rebel media uh, stuff in public at all. I, I would assume, though, maybe Ontario. I would maybe maybe their Ontario audience might have a little bit more because it's, I mean, bigger population there. But God, I, I would almost imagine seeing some people, especially in in. Uh, a town where I used to live having some, having some of those hoodies. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. I don't know how many people are buying these things, but the fact that they've just even been conceptualized is, is disturbing enough. For yeah. Me. Right. That's uh, somebody's job. 
Somebody's yeah. job was to come up with these stupid yeah. ideas. And going back to the appropriation thing I was talking about, uh, you know, at the beginning of the show, how Canadian culture is appropriated, like how much of that stuff, like the make Canada great again with M the Maple Leaf, you know, AGA yeah. or GA, like completely appropriated. They want to, again, they want to be American so badly. They just want to have that second amendment, raw, raw shit going on. And, you know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll appropriate the, the MAGA culture and try to make it Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's completely unhinged. It's just, uh, it's too much, man. Like, at least be at original. Story. At least try to come up with something original instead of, you know, copying and cheating your way into trying to make, you know, your, your millions of dollars. Well, you even think that. about like the, the Wexit, the one Wexit one with the fist. Like it was like the BM, BLM flip. It, fist, it looks right? exactly like the BLM fist. Exactly yeah. like the BLM flip, uh, fist. Yeah. It, it's, it's uh, anyway. Yeah, I just wanted to go through some of those because they're just wild. It's just, yeah. but I think it's also meant to troll as well. I think it's meant to somebody will wear that hoodie out in public and it's going to look like the BLM fist. And then somebody is going to see it and it's just begging for that confrontation. It's just yeah. begging for somebody to take that hoodie seriously so they can get it on camera, so they can post it on Rebel News, and so they can just get that attention yeah exactly yeah uh okay anyway back to the video with efron there isn't much left honestly he films the police dispersing the crowd someone's on a megaphone whining and crying about it and then he follows him back to city hall like he did before kind of pesters him a little bit and that's the end of it honestly like um efron may be more boring than adam seuss uh, I don't know, <laughs> but um, he did open up the world of rebels, totally crazy shirts. So I'm thankful for yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Let me see a little bit more into the world that I hadn't really discovered yet. So, yeah, I mean, why would we go on to the merch yeah. portion of their website? I'm not, yeah. I'm not buying any freaking rebel, rebel merch. No way. Yeah. Rebels really grasping at straws for content right now, honestly. Um, they've latched on to the freedom rallies, but those are becoming increasingly less interesting, not only for us, but even likely for the Rebel fan base. Tech companies are yeah. slowly cutting ties with Rebel. So between that and the boring content, I'm interested to see where things go in the future. So obviously for the purposes of this podcast, I'd like to see Rebel stay around and, yeah. and do their usual stuff. I but mean, we can purposes, always pivot to something yeah. else. For the purposes of humanity, I want them gone. And I want Absolutely. them gone right now. They suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and to be honest, the the whole rally yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, didn't actually last that long. It was maybe an hour, including the loser parade. Yeah. Maybe an hour. And then it was it was gone. They were gone again. And while but while they were there, it was very loud and people honking their horns and you know, massive trucks with Alberta flags on upside down and all that kind of stuff. But Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Leonard, I think I'm done. I think that's all nice. I got for the segment today. Um, I really 
tried to make a mountain out of a molehill here with Efron's <laughs> video. Hey, it was know, a bit it, of a struggle, to be honest yeah. with you, to make to make it interesting because it's just not. There's, you know, he's he lies, he he tells half truths just like everyone else, but he's at a rally with under 10 people at it, and there just was nothing happening. The only thing of significance to happen with him that whole time was that he actually got ticketed. And right. that's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, do you have anything you wanted to add? Well, uh, yeah, you know, I just wanted to add one thing kind of here at the end, and that was just um, addressing the, you know, the big humanitarian crisis that's going on right now in the Middle East, especially in, well, you know, in, in Jerusalem and, and Palestine and kind of what's going on there. We're very, it's very, very close to an all-out war between, you know, the Palestinians and, and, and uh, you know, the Jews in Israel. Um, and I, I hope that everybody goes to, you know, whatever real news outlet is out there and really kind of look at what is happening um, in, um, you know, in, in that area. And I want to just read a tweet that I saved from the week just to kind of put a little bit of clarity to what you might see on TV because you see a lot of bombings and you see a lot of political talk back and forth. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of history there. There's a lot, there is a, it's a very loaded war. Um, but let me just look at my bookmarks here. So this is from Khalid um, Beydun, who posted this one out uh, about, a, about a day ago. And it says, children don't endure war. Even those who survive are crippled by the trauma that stays with them for life. And it kind of stuck with me there because we see all these images. We hear about refugee camps in Gaza being hit and the encroaching uh, colonization of the Palestinians. And it's just another generational war where it's going to cause scars and it's just inhibiting meaningful growth and meaningful progress just in the species, remove Palestine, remove Israel, remove religion from it, just as a human species. It's just really setting back that area by another generation, just from this six days of, of war, you know? Um, so I kind of want to leave people with that. Bit of a downer, but please go to, you know, any, like I said, real news source and just see what's going on there um, see what kind of humanitarian, um, aid they need and maybe do some donating. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'll give a couple of good sources for, for some information that might, that might be helpful. Um, Bellingcat media is, um, they, they've been doing some reporting on some of the conflicts and really trying to break down the images people are seeing. Uh, more specifically, Robert Evans from Bellingcat. So he's the host of Behind the Bastards podcast. He's um, he's a very good, very thorough journalist. And he does on his Twitter feed, he was breaking down some videos that people saw and saying like, what led to this point? Like the, he was looking at a video of some Palestinians attacking a Jewish person in their car. Mm -hmm. But he's saying, but what happened leading up to this? And kind of, and he he went back as far as he could find footage from, and he found 
videos from different angles and from closed circuit TVs and stuff and yeah. kind of un he unpackaged that small clip that people were seeing and making judgments on and kind of said, well, look at this. There's a lot more to it than what you understand because what it was being framed as yeah. is this innocent person in a car was being attacked. But what, what happened was very different. Right. Um, yeah. And that, and that's happening a lot. So, <clears throat> and again, that's kind of where it's important to get yourself informed about kind of what's going on because there's two different things. There's, you know, Hamas, versus uh bb mitten but then there's also these big well, they're, they're being called alt-right cells i can't say for sure I, I i can't verify that but they're called these uh you know alt-right cells that are going into these residential places and causing fighting there and there's a lot of um social media coordination that's going with these groups and they're going into these civilian areas and causing problems that way like you know and, and on both sides palestinians and uh jewish israelis um and and muslims muslim israelis as well uh, israelis as well it's like kind of like proud boy thing. types and stuff going kind of yeah so it's shit, these right? yes these kind of uh alt-right militant groups that are now taking it upon themselves as an opening to yeah start attacking their perceived enemies on, on both sides. And it's becoming a very, very real, um, you know, mess. And there's a lot of moving parts here. And the UN is trying to take care of some stuff, but I, I, you know, I don't know if I have faith in the UN anymore with, with kind of dealing with these kind of world issues. Yeah. But we'll leave it at that. Thank you guys for listening. Um, you can always find us, um, at Love of Truth Pod on Twitter. If you see something that you think we might like, hashtag us, hashtag Love of Truth Pod. Send us an email, show at Love of Truth Pod. We would love to hear from you. We want to hear from you. We want to make this a little bit more um, participatory. We would love to have our audience kind of say their piece as well. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Love y'all. Take care.